Hello, loves, and welcome back to the podcast. It's such a joy and an honor to be gathered with you as always. Thank you so much for being here. I hope if you're celebrating right now, whatever you're celebrating right now, that this finds you in a very warm and cozy, loved up place. I hope that you are as comfortable or as nourished as you could possibly wish to be. Um, in honor of the new moon in Capricorn, in honor of this holiday season, in honor of the solstice, I thought, who better than to have on the podcast than the queen of Capricorn, Jessica fucking Lanyato, <laughs> who I love and adore. I was so excited that she was delighted, equally delighted to come onto the podcast and share her wit and her wisdom, her brilliance. Um, this is a conversation four years in the making. Jessica reached out to me four years ago. We could never make it happen. She is quite literally top of the list and has been for so long. Um, and we were just recently, I was just recently on her amazing podcast, Ghost of a Podcast. And I knew it was like end of the year, little bit on 2023. That's exactly what I wanted to talk to her about. We had just such a lovely conversation. We talk about chariot. We talk about lovers. We talk about, um, Jessica's sort of, um, beautiful little tasting menu of like the top, top transits to pay attention to. We just shoot the breeze shoot the breeze and hang out and talk. And it was so nice. Um, and also thank God, Jessica <laughs> was able to send me the audio of her actually speaking. Cause we are still going through some weird audio issues with interviewing folks. Um, and so we have a couple of folks who we actually, I actually interviewed a couple months ago. Um, Jessica was still, uh, sort of has been waiting the longest, but I'm, super committed to figuring out whatever those weird issues are so that we can re-record those interviews and um, we can have some more great conversations with folks about tarot and astrology and the like. Um, if you don't know Jessica, and I imagine that you likely do because Jessica is, I think, a fairly legendary person, I want to read to you a little bit about with more than 25 years of experience as a consulting astrologer, psychic medium, and tarot reader, Jessica Lagnato believes no topic is off limits or unworthy of kindness. Lagnato is the host of the popular weekly astrology and advice show, Ghost of a Podcast, the author of Astrology for Real Relationships, and the creator of the Astrologer's Pro Tool, Astrology for Days. Jessica can be found all over the internet and at lovelagnato.com. You can learn with her at her Patreon, um, which is patreon.com slash Jessica Lagnato. So again, I feel like Jessica probably bears no introduction, and yet, why not? Of course, <laughs> we're going to formally introduce her. Um, I hope you love our conversation. I hope that it delights you. I hope that you got a lot out of it. Um, I really, really hope that if you have not signed up for my offering, The Threshold, which is a channeled deep dive into 2023 and into the chariot year, I hope Honestly, after this conversation, you consider it because it's a major year and the whole offering is really rooted in um, a lot of very warm and very on-point support 
for moving into such an intense year. Um, so I hope that you enjoy what we share about it and more. And I hope that no matter what, again, no matter how you're celebrating, no matter how you're greeting these days, I hope that it's really happy. You deserve it. Okay. Keep listening for my conversation with Jessica, and I will be so excited to connect with all of you again next week for our deep dive into January's monthly medicine episode. So until then, please take exquisite care of yourselves. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, a podcast that explores the tarot through an inclusive, soul-centered, trauma-informed perspective for growth, healing, and evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Oh my God, Jessica Lignata, welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul. Uh, Thank you for having me. We have (laughs) tried, we've been, we've been trying to make this happen. Is it four whole years? Four years. I mean, you emailed me. You email, I remember we, the first exchange about this was so long ago. <laughs> and I'm so catch as catch cam with guests. I remember I've been emailing you for four years being like, I'm so sorry. I'm on a pause with guests, but you're right at the top of the list. I'm so sorry. And then finally, I was like, if I'm even going to start, like, I've had such weird, uh, weird audio issues with guests. That's why I was like, I'm recording in 60 different places. You're going to record. You're, everyone's going to record just to make sure. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's been years. I just uh, feel like it's well worth the wait. I mean, not to oversell right. it at the before it's happened, but like it's well worth the wait, <laughs> I feel. I agree. <laughs> and it's incredible because Ghost wasn't even like a, a twinkle, I don't think. I think it was maybe a, literally a twinkle. Like, mm-hmm. a, a, I don't actually know. August of 2018, I think, but also I forget. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's valid. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. It was before the plague. So I feel like time is like, it's like four years per every six months now. So it's confusing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How the hell are you? I feel like you've been doing so much. You have an installation in a museum in Oakland. How how are you? What's new? Um, I am good. Thank you. And thank you for mentioning that because it's something that whenever I think about it, I get really like, oh my God, I have an installation in a museum in, in it's Oakland. It's epic. It, it is epic. It's such an honor. And um, it is the first time I've done any visual art in my life. Um, oh. So it's kind of like a big stage upon which to <laughs> experiment. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't completely say that I, I have created portals. So at the Oakland Museum, I created a portal. Um, and I have a couple portals in my home. Um, so I guess I have, but I don't really consider that art. I consider that like creating a spiritual tool that happens Mm. to be visual a little, but not art. But I don't, you know, (laughs) I hear what you're saying. Capricorn problems, Capricorn problems. I'm like, does not compute. (laughs) I used it. Therefore it is utility. Like, I don't know. Yes. I don't want to. I don't want to promote this way of thinking, but it is mine. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. But, you know, I'm okay. You know, I, I think about the world all the time, in which case I don't feel great. And also, mm-hmm. you know, in the context of the world, I'm doing great and mm-hmm. uh, I'm okay. How are you, my friend? I am. I feel exactly the same as you do. It's like. I had, it is unbelievable that we're meeting because this past week 
I came home from um, a trip away, our first trip on an airplane, my family, since my first airplane ride since the beginning of 2019. Um, it was a lot. We had a lot of fun. We came back. My my family's fine. I had some sort of bug um, that didn't really behave. It didn't, it honestly didn't really track with, with a gastro bug. And so I thought I was having a, an issue with mm. my health again, which like we talked about on your podcast. And so I was actually in the ER, um, to get checked. Cause I was like, I'd rather just have my blood work done and get a CAT scan and no, um, like editing my workbook for my offering, like in, in the ER, like it was, it was really, I like, we've just, it's really been like a week. Like I've been sick. My daughter is like reaching a completely developmentally perfect stage of enormous separation anxiety. Mm. So it's just, it's fine. It's just a tremendous amount of like tenderness and space holding, which was there before, but she's a pretty independent kid. So this is just a little bit of a different tone than what Mm. we're used to, but again, fine. So, and Chase and I both have like extreme deadlines that we had to, but also I'm like, while I was in the hospital, I was just thinking like how lucky I am to not be as sick as some of the folks here. So it's like with the world, with everything, with what it could be, I feel honestly like really blessed and good. And also like with the world, what, you know, is what it is. How good can we, Yeah. how good can it actually be? Yeah, (laughs) You know, and, and like, I also feel very, so it was a hard week and also, um, yeah, it's a very spiral answer, you know, and I think I appreciate you always being honest about that because I think it's the truth, you know, it's, it yeah. really, I, I just feel like the older I get and just maybe just the older I get, the like everything's fine answer, which I use for the bulk of my life, regardless of my circumstances, is more and more boring. You know, there's there's something so powerful just about being like, yeah, uh, it's a plague. Like uh, mm-hmm. the world is like at a tipping point. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to be like, I'm cool. What's up? Like, you know, and I know a lot of people <laughs> yeah. do that and that's how they feel. But it's just, it's not for me. But I'll also say what you're naming, because we're recording this like just a couple weeks from the new year, is you're kind of talking about a chariot vibe. Like you're describing chariot vibes tell to me, me. Tell me more about that. Well, you know, I think of the chariot and I know we're going to really like unpack, but... Mm-hmm. It's like the chariot is still, we call it the chariot and, and, and it's like, you know, literally there's a, a figure on a chariot, but it is, it's like having to like stop and tend to the insides. It's like that mm-hmm. cancer emo card. And I always think of it as a transition, like a highly emotional transition Big card. Time. So whether, you know, when I'm listening to the very little bit you shared of like how your daughter is in a transition and being like, stop leaving, stop moving, sit with me. <laughs> or mm-hmm. you're having to make decisions about how you engage with your work or you're dealing with your health, which is always so emotional and intense. Mm-hmm. It sounds very chariot-y, you know? And mm-hmm. I think, um, and I think the, you know, we are as a collective and it, we're, we're moving into chariot vibes, yeah. um, which... Again, we'll talk about, but I think, yeah, it's just, 
It's nice when you're on time. It's not always fun to be on time, Mm-mm. but it's, it's nice. nice to be on time. It's nice. You're like, oh yeah, I saw that coming. Like I have oh, context yeah, yeah, for yeah. this. I still have to you go know, through it, but ab- absolutely. You know, it's interesting because I do a um a like very large channeled thing of like the year ahead, and I'm not an astrologer, so. I'm honoring like what I'm feeling, what I'm getting, what I'm pulling and like creating a very big scaffolding. But it's always very interesting to feel into like where the astrology in that either meets or doesn't or whatever. But I was surprised because I totally agree with you with the chariot. Like I think the, like if, like if we take like folks on the podcast have heard me talk about this, like ad nauseum, but if you like it's so completely, and I'm not talking about cancers as sun signs, but just the energy of cancer. It's like the shell and then mm, the inside. It's yeah. like interesting that the chariot is called the chariot when it's really about the charioteer inside yes. the chariot and ultimately leaving it mm-hmm. because it doesn't quite, it's not going to quite bring you to where you need to go is enormous. And I think um, when I was reflecting on it, I was thinking, well, like, well, we've all been born. And that's the chariot. That's really the first chariot. It's mm-hmm. like we leave that space and we don't know what the fuck's going on. Depending on our situation, there's a huge variance in how we're born. But like we're constantly going through this card. Yeah. We're constantly letting go of names and identities and shoe sizes and like, and yet it doesn't make it easier mm-hmm. to go through it. It's still really, really into I think. I could like go on about that. I actually think the chariot of all the cards really teaches us kind of how to die too. Yeah. Because it's really here to like help us to drop eventually the body. But when I was channeling stuff for the threshold, I was surprised at how much came up around the chariot with regard to like, there was a lot of moon card energy. There was a lot of liminality, Mm -hmm. a lot of like, you're going through this leaving behind and you're not quite going to know like what is happening. So much to say about that astrologically. (laughs) Tell me, let's go. Okay. Well, before I do, I just want to say something about what you just said, because, okay, excuse me, because you said something that really, it clicked what I was trying to for me this morning when I thought about, thought about talking about this. You, you just referenced how it's really not about the chariot. It's about the charioteer, which is not a word I've ever heard, but I instantly love it. Um, <laughs> and what I was thinking about, because I'm a Thoth girl. Uh, I, I'm really, oh, I use yeah, the Thoth that's deck. Um, I mean, it's an astrology deck, really. So that's why yeah, I use it so much. Totally. Um, also, it's very pro-sex, which I like to be very pro-sex. Anyways, um, in the Thoth deck, the chariot, um, the charioteer is in gold. He's got... I'm saying he, but I think it's a they. They've got um, mm-hmm. this gold chariot from head to toe, completely, the, um, not chariot, but outfit, uh, mm. head to toe. And so there's not just this hyper-identification with the card around the, that external shell, right? But it's yeah. also, it's golden. And we tend to prize what is gold. Gold is like oh, a yeah. precious metal. And so this feeling of really needing to do the emotional work, but having so many reasons compelling you to keep it on the surface or to overprotect yourself so that that's right we don't actually get to moving because as gorgeous as gold is and I am in a non-monogamous relationship with gold <laughs> like I am like all gold yes. all the time all yellow gold all the time so yeah, you know me for, too. I, I'm obsessed and so can you hear that? 
No. Oh, great. Okay, sorry. Neighbor noise. Um, and so for me, this idea of wearing gold from head to toe, glorious, not super user friendly though. Like it's not flexible. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not the. Th- it's not the thing that you want to like actually do the work in. So yeah. it's like there's this need to shed in order to become more in contact with the self, which it's just. I was like having a hard time pulling apart like the chariot and the charioteer and you just you did it by calling it a charioteer and I'm, I want to apologize about how excited I got um it was very no I never apologize for anything okay. you do you're you're nailing it you're nailing it like first of all I I think Thothnuk is wonderful and I love that you brought in that uh visual description of it because I used Thoth in college but don't remember it and I always think like tech, obviously this is the medium we're talking about, like mm-hmm. touching it with the visual is so helpful. You're, you're, I think you're bringing up something and we're, we're leaning into something that I think is so important for folks to really receive and like be um, witnessed in, which is like, it's a huge part of the chariot. I think that's present in Smith right away too. That's like, the 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 persona the chariot looks real good Mm -hmm. it's hard to let go of that shit Mm -hmm. it is i think it's by design yeah like what we're letting go of is a is a shell that has ultimately helped us but can't really take us where we're meant to go which is better but we have to give up the thing that looks like it's working and looks really good and it just is so I think, first of all, it takes us on such a massively vulnerable inventory within. And also then you have to be like vulnerable externally and be like, yeah, this relationship, this collaboration, this dream, this vision, like, you know, it's not it, you know, and that's or this internal thing. Or I realized like, oh, like I identify completely differently than I thought I did. Or like, I want to change this aspect about myself. Like, whoa. Mm -hmm. So I do think like it's an internal to external change that couldn't, I think in the grand scheme of the tarot, I feel like this is one of the bigger Mm -hmm. energies that um, some of them are all internal. This one's like internal to external in ways that are essential for it, but you're, you just are spot on. It's such a great way to um, like speaking about, gold and speaking about how like good it looks Mm. and but it's not ultimately what we may be needing um but it's hard (laughs) it's hard it's hard hard. hard. and you know we'll definitely come back to the astrology i will not forget i promise but i will say you know i've seen interpretations of the chariot card being about new beginnings like a lot of i've seen a lot of you know, read a lot of references to that. And I don't exactly hold it that way. I hold it as the stationary part of transition, the the materially stationary Mm -hmm. part of transition. When you have all the tools, you have everything ready, you have to make the emotional adjustment to choose the transition. And once you've made that choice, when when the chariot is involved, there's no going back. It's mm-hmm. like a door that can't be unopened, right? And yeah. and there is this movement that happens and it is inside out movement. But I think it's more about transition than beginnings. And I absolutely agree. Yeah. And and I do see like a it's a very conventional way of thinking of it as a beginnings card, but again, not so much for me. But 
also the part about the chariot that is like what I always think the second I pull it for myself, not when I'm pulling it for others, but when I pull it Mm -hmm. for myself is, oh, I'm going to have to be uncomfortable. I'm going to have to be vulnerable. I'm going to have to be uh, in it. Like I'm going to have to be in the feelings of it. And I don't, and in ways I'm not, I don't want to like, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. or maybe I'm technically ready, but I haven't done it before. So I don't have the chops yet. Like I have, you know, it's like, I don't have the skills Mm -hmm. yet, the emotional skills. Um, So I'm always like, duh, when I get the card, it's not, (laughs) I'm not bad. I'm not like, oh, this is a bad card, but I'm also like, you know, there's a lot of work here. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work. And I mean, I think, The interesting thing to think about 2023, I mean, it's both kind of like a wonderful thing. And also like, I have like almost like a gulp, like energy that's like, it's not just about us personally, it's collectively. Yeah. It's a chariot year. So, I mean, the invitation is really like, and I, I think we're very clearly on track because the thing about, cause we're letting go of lovers year. The thing about the lover's card that I think um, I myself, like as a younger reader, definitely felt this way. Like, I think the lover's card is really woefully simplified. And I think like when we remember that it's connected to Gemini and that it's connected to the idea of like, we go outside to go back in and then we go back out. And we're at this point where the full kind of medicine of lovers has really taken place where it's like, unless you are truly, truly, um, you've moved yourself away from kind of uh, the larger collective unfolding and you've, you've opted out of that in some way, opted out of being a part of that. Everyone can feel, Mm. Oh, we've reached the end of the line with like, all of these systems with all of these ways, everything like tip to tush, it's we're, we, it, we, there's no, you can't go forward on it. It's just dead. It's dead. And that is weirdly, I think a very big part of lovers, which doesn't mean that if we, if we, you know, track lovers to a relationship, I don't think lovers is about relationships at all personally, but um, if we do, I think it has less to do with like, oh, we're not going anywhere with this relationship. I think it has more to do with like, oh, the parts of myself that I felt I was unable to be open about, free about, was unable to accept love about. Like those are the things that are falling down here. Yeah. And with Chariot, it's kind of like that last piece that's, that's, it's not just the last piece. It's the last journey. It's Mm. a huge journey, but like we're right on point. I think collectively and personally for this work, even though I do think it's going to be pretty brutal. Like I think 2023 is going to be a very hard year. I do. Yeah, I think you're right about that. You know, when I think of the lovers, I'm always thinking about paradox. So it's like leaning into that Gemini vibe. It's the paradox. It's like the pandemic is over and the pandemic is not over. They're both true. When we think of when we're comparing the pandemic to pre-first vaccine and Mm -hmm. pre-lockdown, a lot of people are like, you know, we're post-pandemic while people are dying and sick, you know, and we're very much in a pandemic. Um, I think, I think it's very much about paradox. It's about, which I think is related to what you're talking about. It's a different way of framing it, but it's, it's just, it's about like, yes and no, I'm done and I'm not done. You know, so true. And then when we shift into the chariot, 
There's no more room for that kind of paradox because we have made a call. And now we must emotionally embody that calling. Like we've answered the call. We've sorted through paradox. And now we're at the stage of development of emotional embodiment, which can be messy. It can be paradoxical, but very differently than that Gemini air vibe. Now we're talking about a cancer cardinal vibe. It's water Mm -hmm. and it is like the shift of seasons. It is fucking summer. We are moving into summer. That is what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And there, I mean, at least in this hemisphere. And to me, the transition from head to heart, again, paradox to embodiment, is difficult. But in particular, it's difficult for us as a collective at this time when we are so mercurial. We are, you know, we're talking and communicating and texting and reading I mean, short bits of reading, Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) different more than any other time in human development, you know? And so shifting from the head to the heart in this way, I think is a much more sticky downshift Mm -hmm. for us as a collective than it has been in previous times. Um, So, you know, to your point, I concur. I think this is going to be a bit of a rough year. And also um, the astrology bears out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where it's taking us is ultimately, I don't know if I'd want to use the word great, but I think necessary, absolutely necessary. Like it's a crucial part of what's a part of the time. I just need to pause and just really bow to what you just shared. I think that idea of moving from paradox to embodiment is fucking brilliant. And the way you you. just brought it is everything to me. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Thank you. I mean, I'm immediately discovering that I could sit and talk to you about like one tarot card forever. I mean, let's (laughs) let's talk, lady. Let's talk about that. That's, I mean, you know, (laughs) if there was going to be anyone, I would do it with Mr. It it's be, true. Yeah, yeah. You'd have a nice time. Just, uh, S to B. Just shoot sit, the breeze. Sit, S the B. Spoken, S spoken, the B. spoken like a parent. S the B. Tip to tush. <laughs> I like it. I've never heard tip to tail, but never tip to tush. And I enjoyed no, tip it. Tip to tush. Yeah. Titty to clitty. Titty to I got clitty. it all. Okay, good. Also, <laughs> S to B. And I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, thank you. No, thank you. But um, that's Jersey. Yeah. All that is Jersey. I respect them. Have you ever heard of the term MTC? That was the thing I learned in Jersey. It's called, I, I don't know whether or not it was something that I heard from like a friend who made it up, but it was, they're all from Jersey. So I'm just going to say that it's a part of the larger MTC is stands for maximum tanning capacity. Um, and it has to do with like positioning yourself in such a way that you get the maximum amount of yeah. sun coverage. So <laughs> I have not heard of that, but I will say I'm from Montreal, which is mm-hmm. when I grew up in the 1980s, what we would do is we would tan in the summer because there's like two months of sun, right? And it's hot. Yes. But it's two months. And I remember in the 1980s, what there would be is like, you'd listen to radio because, of course, how else are you going to listen to music? It was a different world. And there yes. would be every X amount of minutes, I think it was like 20 minutes, even if it was the news, if it was a song, you would hear an ocean wave. They would play that ocean <gasps> wave sound to know that you had to flip. Are you serious? Like a heart attack. I'm serious. <gasps> so it was like, talk about maximum <laughs> tanning capacity. You were supposed to flip 
at that time. This was the era for your younger listeners, and I don't remember how old you are, where we would I'm use 10 years metal. younger than you, so okay. 84. Okay, so you you probably weren't using like those metal screens to maximum. No, those were those were before my time. I'm with you, but I will say I didn't realize (laughs) my age. I didn't realize it, but I was MTCing in Mm -hmm. the 80s. Like I was like deep in the MTC, and now that I have a name for it, I feel like I'm gonna have to run with that name. So thank you to your (laughs) friend in Jersey. Absolutely. Now I know you personally are going into a wheel of fortune year Mm -hmm. in 2023. I'm going into a tethered one year, um, making my way, clawing my way little by little out of this freak show (laughs) that this justice year has been for me. All of the worst years of my life have been justice years, whether, Oh. Oh my God, that card is so, it's so brutal. It's so hard. I'm like, trying so to. Hard. So the justice is the Smith deck and it's not called justice and thought. I, I have my no, foundations in the Smith else. deck. So I, I don't know remember. it. But gosh, I wish I could because I, I really am like. Okay. I believe in your deck. It is number eight. If I'm not mm, mistaken. I think thought. eight is the strength. Oh, is that, is that in Thoth? I thought that Thoth swapped those because typically strength is eight and justice is 11, but I thought Thoth on purpose swapped them. I don't know. They're interchangeable in some decks. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the lust card right now and it doesn't have a number. Oh wait, it does have a number. My cards are so, I can't see. It's something. Yeah. If you look at this, you can see there's like no numbers left. So, um, all to say, I do know, I do know what that card is. And I know that it's, it's just a really, it's just like, for me, I think like the experience of it, like being in a year of it, it's just like you're in what you're in and you just have to be in it and you have to deal with it. And one of the biggest, hardest things about justice, I think is that because we're human beings, it's like we automatically go to but this isn't the right place. This Mm. isn't a fair place. I don't want to be here. And justice doesn't, I don't want to say justice doesn't care. The cards aren't like sentient. They're just not, they're like, well, yes, of course you're going to feel those feelings. And like, you just have to be in what you're in. But I find like what I'm in is never pleasant. It's always absolutely brutalizing. Mm. (laughs) So I'm like, just always happy to leave that card behind. But, um, I want to know how you feel, just like thoughts off the top. Like, yeah. how do you feel about being in a, going into a Wheel of Fortune year for yourself? Well, as you know, I am a tarot reader and I teach tarot a bit. Um, but I don't, because I'm an astrologer, I never pay attention to the year that I'm in. Um, mm. Because I have all these, I've, I've got a plethora. Other things going I got a plethora. Yeah. So, yeah. so I should first say, like, it's not like I can track any other you know, wheel of fortune years. It's not something I've paid attention to. So that's why I can't track it. I could, I'm sure do the, the math and figure it out. Um, I, you know, whenever I see, and this is again, when I'm reading for myself and not necessarily others, because there's a whole other context that I use. But when I look at it for myself and I pull the wheel of fortune, I always think of this Jeanette Winterson quote, you know, Jeanette Winterson, Mm -hmm. uh, you play, you win, you play, you lose, you play. That's, yeah, that's that's my that's my wheel of fortune quote. And um and that makes sense to me because uh it just makes sense to me on a gut level, but I'll also yeah. say I am coming out of a very challenging transit, which I don't really want to get into details of. Mm-hmm. Um 
that's been, it'll be two years, just over two years by March when it ends. And happy for you. Thank you. Me too. I'm happy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have this hope and expectation that my physical and like my across the board health will improve and my energy will strengthen. Yeah. Me too. And so who knows what comes of that? Right. And I have been in 2022 really recovering from 2020 20 basically like 2019 through 21 was just like I, I burnt myself out and um I overworked in a way that I had never overworked before and also I'm older and so mm. I you know I'm also about to have a birthday in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and so I really, I never really cared about aging. You know, I never really felt it um, until my my later 40s, my, you know, mid to later 40s, I started to feel it a lot more, mm-hmm. um, you know, emotionally and psychologically more than physically. Luckily for me, I knocked on wood um, mm-hmm. just because why, why not? Uh, why not? So, you know, I just in this exact moment when I think about you know, the wheel. And I think about my upcoming year, I definitely am also thinking about like, how do I want to hold, um, being at the end of my forties and what that means to me, because, you know, my friends who are in their twenties and thirties love to say, age is not a number. You're so young. Don't, but I'm just like, we'll see what you say when you're pushing 50, honey, let's see. (laughs) Age is not just a number. Age is age. Time is finite. And, also, um, as a woman, I have no illusions about the waning value I hold in society to women as much as to men, you know, mm-hmm. um, to all genders. There is a way that we all throw away women. We all um, we all do it as a culture and in, in our own ways, a lot of times as individuals. And that's something that I think. I've been thinking about since I hit my 40s because I've had experiences with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just a fascinating experience. It's, you know, I feel like um, it's important that I continue to do what I've done my whole life, which is to find my way through it and myself through it instead of just, you know, the conventional way. And also I live in a world. So it's not not all in my hands, which is, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's all... Uh, you know, you play, you win, you play, you lose, you play. You, you can't help but play. You're in the game. So there it is. That's my <laughs> that's my my take on it. My hot take. <laughs> I love your hot take. And just really bowing to what you're sharing. Like again, our age is different, and I really want to be in deep respect to that because I do have a tremendous amount of respect for the experience of age and just the the lived experience. Uh, as somebody who's going to be 39 in a couple months, um, I'm already experiencing like, oh, wow, I got treated a little differently mm-hmm. like nine or so years ago. <laughs> like, you know, even four years ago, it was a little different. So it's, um, yeah, just like, yes. Absolutely seeing that. You know, again, like bringing it back to to the chariot, this is, you know, we're talking about what's underneath the golden 
uh, not suit. outfit, this, uh, the golden suit. We're talking about, you know, like the, the yeah. chariot is in this like meditative pose. It's like serene. It's calm. Um, and it's still, but what's happening on the inside of the chariot is chaotic emotion. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like this difficult stuff that we don't exactly know how to move through. And I think um, whether we're talking about like, you know, chosen family, family of origin, our relationship to ourselves or a process, mm-hmm. it is it is sticky and messy. And that's as it's meant yeah. to be. But again, this chariot card, there's nothing on the surface that is depicted of sticky and messy. And there's so many cards in the in these decks that show us sticky and messy, but the chariot mm-hmm. is sticky and messy, but it doesn't show it. You're- Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. And, you know, I've said for a long time to my students and on this podcast, like, we all know people who've never left a chariot. Yes. We do. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah. Like, you can. And I'm not, I mean, listen, if you can get away with that, I couldn't get away with that if I tried. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. not leaving the chariots that are ready to have me slough them off. But, yeah, it's like you, you just nailed something so absolute about the chariot, about this time, about what we're talking about, which is really like, it doesn't look messy, but it's so messy and it's messy. I mean, I always think about for myself, imagine going into the strength card in with that chariot. Imagine going off into like the wild woods to get to the like epic moment where you're connecting with this symbolic lion that like lives within you that you have to face in order to kind of both transform like this this can't be done Mm -hmm. in your gold suit gold suits are great it's just not the vehicle to get you there yeah so we have to be willing to be honest about that and i do think that's 99.9 percent of the work with chariot which is what we're talking about is just being honest enough to be like this looks really good. I don't want to mess all this up, but like it's, I, I have to, yeah. you know, in order to like survive and live. And, you know, and I'll piggyback on some, a part that you spoke to that I really wanted to get to be able to talk about with the chariot, which is it's a cancer card, right? It's yeah. like not sun and cancer, but the zodiac sign of cancer. It's that archetypal mm-hmm. energy. And cancer can be very clannish, which is why. We are the most critical of our own communities. We demand the most of the people we identify with in some ways, right? Mm. And I think in particular that that shift from the duality of like, let me try this on for size. Let me try that on for size and the lovers to the, I have put something on. I am sitting in it. And it's like you see yourself in others that you can identify with. And so then the criticisms that we have of ourselves end up getting shared with the people in our community. And this is so Cancerian because cancer can be quite, and again, I'm not talking about people with cancer in their chart, but the energies can be quite passive aggressive because it's like, I can't do anything, but ah, you know, it's like kind of Mm -hmm. the vibe of it. (laughs) And I think there's something really powerful about as we move into and through this chariot season for the upcoming year that we, and I'm certainly going to like bookmark this for myself, that we track 
how we are or are not projecting onto people who have shared lived experience as us or are in shared community or are in our families Yes, as a way to like kind of project out the discomfort we're having in our own lives and in our own selves. Because again, the chariot. Continue. Thank you. No, thank you. I I didn't mean to cut you off. Just my mind was blown. I remember too, with what came up for the threshold, that channel thing I do, that there was a lot about like getting yourself detangled from other stuff. It's really, I think it's good medicine all the time, but especially for next year, I think like, it would be all too easy for someone to just be like, I'm going to make my life like following this person, tracking this thing, getting super involved in this. And listen, I'm, you and I have both talked about voracious consumers of news. It's both really, it's important to both of us to stay up to date with what's going on. Yeah. And I think there is a line that you find yourself bumping on. That's like, I can stay involved and in touch. And I also need to take this kind of uh, I need to put this guardrail in place at this moment in the season of my life around this particular thing or this whole thing or whatever it is. Um, not because we're opting out, but because we're, I, you know, I know for myself, there's a real difference in my nervous system when I'm like, oh, I'm reading versus like, I'm, I'm, uh, avoiding something yeah. or I'm, I'm choosing to, vent out something internally around this, or I'm wishing my life could be more like that. It, it's very rare that I get like swept up into like something else that looks like, Oh, so good. But when I catch myself in it, I'm like, Whoa, you know, I'm in my life and I'm going to come back to my life. Mm. So I, I do. And it's funny because my card for 2023 is the tethered one. So I have like Neptune on Pisces on Pisces on Neptune. It's like a lot. Um, But I think in some ways, like, I'm curious to see how this year will feel for me because in ways they're both, they're pretty complementary, actually, like Mm. chariot work and tethered one work. Both of them are suspensions in order to kind of cocoon you so that you can rebirth differently. Um, They're both like suspensions of the vehicle, Mm -hmm. which I think is very interesting. So both different Neptune versus uh, cancer, very different, but like, I don't know. It should be, I don't know. <laughs> should be interesting. You know, it's, it's, and I, it, like, I'm now dying to talk about the astrology, but I will say like, yeah, I want to, I want to move on to that. Yeah. I move on to that. I'll, I'll just say very briefly though, like the tethered one, the moon card, the chariot, they, they're kind of practices in parsing out the nuances of emotion versus feeling and the the differences, nuances within those things. And it's such a powerful practice to, especially for people who are highly sensitive or empathic or psychic in any way, to have it be an ongoing practice to parse out, is this an emotion? Is this a trigger? Is this a feeling? Is it a physical feeling? Is it an energetic feeling? Like to be able to know the language of our insides is so powerful. And you're absolutely right. I love that the tarot articulates the nuance of difference. And we can sometimes be so in our head about the cards and what they mean in our lives that we we go into like a reaction of like, oh no, the tethered one. That means I have no control this year or whatever. And like, that's not what we're meant to do. It's about right. tapping into this like 
nuance of feeling that's not emotion. I mean, the chariot's emotion, but the, that tethered one is not really, it's not about emotion. It's about feeling and sensation. And it's just a whole other thing, which is like, again, it's we're talking nuance here, but that level of nuance is so important. It's so true. I also think tethered one is interesting because we were in a, to collectively in a tethered one year in 2019. Mm. And I traveled out of the country for the first time in 2019, multiple times. I had never traveled outside of the country before that. And I remember thinking like, why now? And why in a tethered one year? It's really interesting. And I like to like put my little like I'm a field observer with tarot, I always say. So I like to be like, oh, this thing's happening this year. Tell me more. How interesting. I wonder, you know. But personally, there were quite a few situations that I remember having to sit in that there was really like the wisdom of no way out Mm -hmm. with them that were excruciating. And I remember really thinking like, it's interesting where you move in tethered one, how you move and how you're suspended Mm. and what both of those things bring up, because you're right. It's all about, there is something of an underworld journey for sure to tethered one that I think is, um, this certainly changed my life to be sure in 2019. I thought like, well, this felt like a real initiation with this card. I feel like I understand it differently and better. Um, So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, all of them require us to be able to really check in and say, is this truth, this invitation into feeling or thought, or is this, is real, but is it true? Mm -hmm. Like, is it absolutely true? How do I know? Like, you know. And where is um, it true? Like, what, and where is it true? part of ourselves, right? Yeah. And even if it isn't, how can I myself through it or you know how can I take care of myself so mm-hmm. you know just like the questions of our lifetime just those <laughs> no questions deal. yeah okay so I should give okay. you astrology now right I want to talk yes so Jessica mm-hmm. is so graciously going to grace us with her brilliance and talk to us <laughs> about just some of the key points of 2023 and yeah. I you know just just brushing on it because again if people want the good the good stuff. They can come to Ghost of a Podcast. Yes. They can invest with you, but yeah. just like little, like a little sampler. Yeah. I'm excited to do the sampler. This is actually, so every year I do on the first, I drop a year ahead horoscope on Ghost of a Podcast so people can listen to it there. But I get invited at the end of the year to do a lot of these kinds of like, can you tell me what's coming? And this is my first <laughs> one of the year. Um, so, so that's exciting. Um, this is an honor. Uh, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a bunch of things that are really noteworthy and let's start with Pluto because mm-hmm. we are currently going through the Pluto return of the United States, um, which is a transit that if you have not heard of it and you want to learn more about it, you can listen to my 2022 year ahead horoscope where I mm-hmm. unpack it well. Um, but it is the transit that is responsible for the profound transformation we are having as a collective, where our collective shame has come up and demanded to be dealt with both domestically and also on a global stage. Um, Mm -hmm. The things that we have, the the kind of like shadow side of our uh, conduct as a nation and our culture. 
you know, on the inside. And this is why so many of us are so much more aware of what's wrong in our society. Um, and it's a time where we are meant to be majorly changing. I mean, there's a reason why we had an insurrection, uh, you know, at this time. It's the Pluto return. And it's happening at 27 degrees of Capricorn. And what is going to happen in 2023 is for a few months, the end of March through the start of June, um, Pluto's going to be in Aquarius. And then it'll, you know, before that and after that, it'll sneak back into um, Capricorn and kind of stay with those Pluto return vibes. But I want to just speak to the that moment where we're going to get a taste test of what's to come. And this taste test of what's to come, my friend, um, <laughs> let me tell you, it will be January 21st of 2024 through, I didn't write down the exact date, but it's uh, early 2044. So Whoa. it's 20 years of Pluto and Aquarius coming for us. And again, we're going to have a, a little, a little amuse-bouche, if you will. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, and that is March 23rd through June 11th of 2023 is our amuse-bouche. And mm -hmm. with Pluto moving into Aquarius, and it's important to name that Pluto takes about 250 years to move through the zodiac. So the last time it was in Aquarius was 250 years ago, a long time ago. Um, but the cool thing about astrology, I mean, there's so many cool things about astrology, but if you're like curious about what's going to happen in the world, you can look at history, you know, mm -hmm. what was happening in history. But with Pluto moving into Aquarius, I think that... Um, we are going to see a, a great movement towards collectives, groups, um, tribes, and not like this kind of like clannish tribalism that is kind of like behind nationalism that we see more of that with Pluto and Capricorn, you know, build the wall, that kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, but what we have here is groups of people coming together to support each other for collective change. Mm -hmm. We can expect major pushes for change around in a progressive way. So this mm -hmm. is related to the increased rights of women, of queers, um, and hopefully across cultural and racial lines. Like there's the potential for that. It's not a guarantee mm -hmm. and nothing happens on its own. It happens because the people come together and make it happen. With Pluto and Aquarius, um, the theme is progress, but Pluto, Pluto is a revolutionary planet. It's transformational. And whenever we're dealing with transformation, we're dealing with um We're dealing with the, the shit and the shine of it. Like we're dealing with the, mm. you know, when things collapse, they collapse on something. When things need to be rebuilt, um, they're generally in a phase often of many years of not functioning properly because we're still trying to build it, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, over the last several years, I've heard people say countless times, burn it to the ground, burn it to the ground when talking about systems. And I don't disagree, but when you burn things to the ground, it is always the most vulnerable who get scorched, you know? And so it's, it's, this is going to be a time for progress, but we must be humanistic about it. There is also, a, you know, we just had um, chat GBT, this AI come up in the last like two weeks right? The start yeah. of December, very shortly before Pluto moves into Aquarius in the final mm -hmm. moments of Saturn in Aquarius. And 
I think that we are going to see major impact of technology on the world in a way that I think will change humanity in in ways we ha- can't really fully conceive of quite yet, mm-hmm. for better or worse. And I mean that very yeah. strongly, like for better or worse. And within that, there is the potential as we move away from Pluto and Capricorn to move out of toxic capitalism. And when I say toxic capitalism, I think all systems have... Uh, ways in which they are corrupt, where a few at the top get the most and keep others struggling. Um, so not only in capitalistic systems, but I there is this great potential for a transformation of our uh, social and economic systems and how they interplay with each other. But again, this will be tied to capitalism, uh, will be tied to technology rather. And I mean, as a person living in the San Francisco Bay Area, I have no illusions about the economic values of the people at the top of the tech world. Mm-hmm. It's not progressive in my view at all. So no. that is like a very hot, quick take. It's just like I threw yeah. it in the frying pan and shushed it for That's you. It's gorgeous. Okay, thank you. you put um, some powdered sugar on it. I well, mean, it's a beautiful beignet. Yeah, of, it's yes. a beignet. It's a beignet. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Thank you. But then there's the real news I want to talk to you. I mean, that's real news. Fuck. That's very real news. But then there's this there's this news that I want to talk to you about that really touches into so much of what you've been talking about, which is this move of Saturn into Pisces. Because when Saturn moves into Pisces, and Saturn takes 29 and a half years to move into any zodiac signs. The last time it was in Pisces was about 29 years ago. And before that, 29 years before that, and yada, 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 mm-hmm. yada. Um, but what's unusual is that Neptune is currently in Pisces. And Neptune takes about 165 years to move through the zodiac. So mm-hmm. no living person will have ever experienced Neptune in Pisces, whereas many, many generations of living people will have experienced Neptune in Pisces before. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm sorry, Saturn in Pisces Saturn, before. Yeah. Thank you. you. You were following me, even though I fucked it up. Um, and so, what to me is really fascinating is not just looking at the last time Neptune was in Pisces, but the last time both the planets were in Pisces together. Mm-hmm. So Saturn will be in Pisces for two and a half years, and this transit can do a lot of things. Um, it can be it can be a transit where we have a shifting or a dissolving of boundaries, mm-hmm. right? So this can be around the church or other religious uh, structures. It can also happen around spirituality and con-spirituality. We may see a continued, I expect, to see a continued rise in um, in con-spirituality is the most succinct way of saying it. Spiritual yeah. systems that are, are based on disassociation and where the group has to give up power to a mm-hmm. singular figure. Um when we are looking at this period, we are likely to see, uh, again, an uptick in people valuing um, s- structures like communism, socialism, because we're going to have Saturn and Neptune in boundary dissolving. We are all one Pisces at the same time, it, and Pluto, that Pluto will be in Aquarius 
Now, Pluto will be in Aquarius much longer than these two transits will occur. But with this overlap, there's likely to be a global shift in our concerns. Now, on a more Mm. personal level, I think about, and I'm so, you know, I rarely get to talk about Tarot. So it's so mm. lovely to get to do this with you. But so when nice. I think of the Saturn and Pisces card, it's the eight of cups in the tarot. Mm. It's that uji guji. you went out, you took in too much information. Now you don't know what your instincts say. You don't have backbone. You lost track of something. You're over, your emotions are like over schloofed inside of you. And you just don't have a clear resource that you're working with. And that's Saturn and Pisces vibes in Tarot world, right? There is a way that Saturn is very uncomfortable in the zodiac sign of Pisces. And Saturn, because Saturn wants to build boundaries and Neptune wants to dissolve boundaries. Mm. Neptune wants to transcend and be spiritual. And Saturn wants there to be rules and steps to that. Not just to transcend, but to Mm -hmm. work towards it, right? And so there's great positive potential within that. And there's also a great deal of risks within that. And again, technology and escapism are the two things I want to pay the most attention to. And I I say again, but I didn't mention escapism before, but escapism with Neptune and Pisces is a very big deal. We've already seen like this spike in how we're using technology for the endless scroll where Mm. we lose, you know, weeks and months and years of our lives to what? To looking at our phones, you know, Mm. and to developing relationships with people that are not two-way relationships. They're one-way relationships. So they're very in our head. And it's very Neptunian. It's very Piscean. Um, you know, on a more like pre-internet way, a classic Piscean thing to do, which people still do, um, is to place someone that they don't really know on such a high pedestal that they believe that they're in love when it's not based in a shared exchange or shared knowledge of of between people. So there's a lot of risk and potential with this transit. Mm -hmm. And I think that, again, we have this iteration of Saturn moving from Aquarius into Pisces, which is a similar dynamic of from lovers to chariot. It's from head and duality to heart and having to really just loosen the reins. Again, the chariot is in a pose of meditation, not like the running man, you know? So mm-hmm. it's it's really a, a powerful shift that I think is going to be disruptive for a lot of people because we have an easier time shifting from heart to head than from head to heart. That's right. So, you know, for people who have the tool of tarot, as so many of your listeners do, being able to tap into like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Am I reacting or am, am I in alignment with myself? You know, is yeah. it really good? Am I projecting or am I in alignment with myself? You know, yeah. it's a really good framework to use in this chariot year because when using the tarot in such a Piscean era, it is wise to do it to help you cope with reality instead of step out of reality. 
Mm. That's that's going to be really important for all of our spiritual tools. Oh, my God. Yeah. You are everything. Oh, thank you so much. I feel like that's number one, just so generous, so helpful. I'm just so thankful you brought your your brilliance to us. Aww. And I know everyone is is probably just so thankful, myself included. Oh, my God, Jessica, you are just a dream. Where a dream. Everybody knows who you are, um, no. but of course they do. do and they? if you don't, Thanks. come on, today is the day. But <laughs> where can folks find you? Where can folks keep in touch with you? Let's give them all, okay, all, all the your things. good stuff. So you can find me on the internet. Uh, it's <laughs> also referred to as the World Wide Web, if you're into it. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, Web 3. I'm on Web 3. Web 2? Anyways, I don't know. Uh, my my website's lovelinyato.com. Easier to spell is ghostofapodcast.com. It'll bring you to the same place. And my weekly podcast, Ghost of a Podcast, is the only place you can get a reading from me or with me. Um, I don't offer one-on-one readings anymore. But on Patreon, I'm very, very active on my Patreon. Mm-hmm. And I teach tarot and I talk all manner of woo and I get into astrology and all the kind of shit that I really love. And then I'm on social media. Right now, it's just... I mean, I'm technically on Twitter, but Elon Musk, please, I can't. So right now I'm mainly on Instagram, which Mark Zuckerberg, I don't fucking know what I'm doing there. But anyways, there's there's no good place to be. It's all horrible. I've chosen this one place. (laughs) This is the wrong place to be. Uh, And uh, so, yeah, Patreon, Ghost of a Podcast. I have a book about astrology. Astrology for days, right? Oh, and I have astrology for days. That's, I forgot. (laughs) <laughs> I'm really bad at this game. I'm bad at this game. Um, I have this uh, pro tool for astrology mm-hmm. students and astrologers called Astrology for Days. And it's a subscription and it tracks all the transits for whatever time zone you're in. And it tells you exactly what transits are happening at what time every day. Not the transits in your chart, the transits in the world. And it has mm-hmm. a, like a journal essentially embedded in it. So you can track your predictions, um, other people's notes, and use it as a learning tool. Or a tool for, you know, for somebody like me who's a horoscope writer. You know, I, I mm-hmm. every time somebody's like, can we schedule a time to talk on a podcast? I check astrology for days and then I make a decision. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So, so if you're, you know, d- a kind of deep enough astrology nerd, you can check that out. Uh, it's all on my website. Uh, and I have lots of free stuff on my website. So, and it's cute. I don't want to brag, but I do want to brag about my website because it's it so cute. Adorbs. Thank you. It's I appreciate beautiful. that. I really, I, so, I have a crush on my website. It brings, it's a lift. It's just a <laughs> genuine you. lift to the spirit. I appreciate that. It's Thank beautiful. You. Took a year to build and I love it. <laughs> Did love you do it? it? I had, uh, it. I know it's your vision. It's my vision, but no, I had a designer and I had it like, uh, coded from scratch. Oh Yeah. Yeah, it's clear. Thank yes. you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's not yeah. a Squarespace. Template. It's not a Squarespace template. No, no, it no. Is no. It is an experience. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's an experience. Yeah. It in fact, while you're there, I have a free app in the iOS store called Tiny Spark, and it's embedded mm-hmm. in the homepage, so you can use it on the homepage if you have an Android instead of an iPhone. And it's basically like a magic eight ball for millennials. You know what I mean? Like Sweet. it's like millennial pink, and it's just yeah. like you ask a question. Tap the screen, starts moving, tap it again, you get your answer. Bada bing, bada boom. You're welcome. (laughs) 
That's beautiful. You're welcome. Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you thank so you. much. This surely won't be the last time we have it you. Cannot. But thanks, thank you for being here and thank you for bringing your work to the world. It's so important. Thank you. And I should say, if people haven't heard my episode on my podcast, giving you a reading. That's right. We're going to link to it in the show notes. Okay, good. Okay, good. That makes me really happy because that mm-hmm. was joy. Yeah, it was incredible. Jessica gave me the reading of my life all about my hellacious postpartum experience mm. and helped to bring a lot of medicine to it. So well, thank you, friend. Thank I'm you. so glad to know you. I'm so glad to know you. And I'm so happy we got to talk so much tarot because I really just me don't too. get to do it enough. So we need more of it from you. Okay. I mean, if this I'm, is the place, I mean, this is I'm the place. happy to be. Yes. I feel like this is the place. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, thank you again for having me. This is wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. 